1: Hello everyone, it's Jennifer Tomlinson and welcome to another episode of the Black Woman Be Well podcast. It's been a minute y'all and I am sorry. The last episode you heard was a while ago and you know that we are dealing with COVID and being on lockdown. I'm not in the studio. The studio is closed indefinitely so I'm getting creative and ways to still bring you content. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the um, previous episodes in my living room from my um, iPhone or from my webcam. Um, but today I'm really, really lucky to be recording with help from my tribe. So I want to give a big shout out to my boy, Toroy. Go ahead and follow him at, at Average show. Joy, we're going to put you on, on air real quick. What's your, what's your uh, stuffing in? The average Joe Media hit my boy up. He is loaning us his, his mobile podcast studio and I appreciate you brother because um people need content and I didn't know how to do it You he me out. <laughs> I also it he has a mobile business, but I couldn't even like bring it to my own house because I got some construction going on. <laughs> So I want to give a shout out to my boy, John Q. You've heard him on the show before. We're actually recording in his house. So thank you to my tribe for allowing this to happen. And I appreciate you guys for sticking with us, even though we have not been consistent since March. Um, But today is a really cool episode. I'm really happy about um, the guest I have with me because the situation we we are in right now in 2020 has been um, political Um, and a lot of social justice work going on with the things that have been that that have been happening during the pandemic Um, and so I have a wonderful woman um, and honestly she's a thought partner a community partner I want to introduce uh, Kristen Fawali Thomas who is the managing director for Equal Ground Welcome, Kristen. Yes, thank you. (laughs) I'm happy you're here to um, speak to the people. I am too.
0: Thank (laughs) you for having me.
1: So for those that are listening, you heard me say Equal Ground. It is a nonprofit organization. And I want, Kristen, will you tell the people what is Equal Ground and what do you do there?
0: Yes. So Equal Ground, um, we started Equal Ground in May of 2019. So we are a black-led organization, community center organization. Um, engaging black voters along the Afro corridor. So we do work in um, Pinellas, Orange County, um, Volusia, and Seminole County. Um, We found that there was a need for a black-led organization to do this work. Um, Oftentimes in the state of Florida, you'll find that there are organizations that um, are black-labored but have uh, all-white-led staff. Mm. And so... There was a need to have a, a black organization to be able to engage, educate, empower, um, turn out black voters and make sure um, that we are educated and, and know how to turn out for uh, this election um, and just elections to come. Um, so we started in, like I said, in 2019. Um we this year we launched a, a voter registration program. Um of course due to COVID, which I'm sure we'll get into, we had to pivot and make some shifts. Um uh but this year our main focus was to make sure that black voters were engaged and educated about this election. So Our organization, um, we made over 300,000 calls to black voters. We knocked on more than 50,000
1: doors. Come through.
0: Yes. um, There's more. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We sent over uh, 200,000 text messages. um, And our goal was just to make sure that, you know, black folks had a plan to vote. So due to the pandemic, we wanted to... You know, people needed to think early, how how are you going to vote? Are you going to go early? Are you going to vote by mail? Are you going to go Election Day? If you're going to go Election Day, what time are you going? How are you going to get there? Who's going to take you? Who are you going to wait? Um, and so we wanted to make sure that people, you know, had a plan to vote. Our organization also launched for the first time our uh, – uh, a black leaders uh, training programs called Take the Lead. So what we did was we trained over seventy black leaders in the state to make sure that they were equipped. Whether you wanted to run for office, whether you wanted to work on a campaign, that you had an understand of the understanding of the political landscape here in the state of Florida. You know how to build power. You know what um, building a, a community. Um, what does it take to run a campaign? What does it take to run for office? Um, we know that there is a, a almost like a shortage mm-hmm. of campaign managers and senior uh, black senior staff um, in the state of Florida. And so we want to really uh, help to combat that that issue. And so we were able to train over 70 black leaders here in the state and looking to expand that next year. Um, one of the other things that we took the lead on was Souls to the Polls. For those who don't know about Souls to the Polls, it is um, in a, a large event um, with elected officials, community partners, and faith leaders to um, to turn out uh, black, uh, black voters um, across the state. So oftentimes there will be some sort of event or a um, gospel artist or mm-hmm. leaders will come out. There will be food. There will be music. It will be really a, a big uh, event, and then it's uh, – uh, close to an early voting site so people can either take the bus or walk across the street and go vote. And so our organization was able to take the lead on that and work with an amazing partners, amazing faith leaders across the state, and we um, expanded our program that was originally supposed to be for 11 counties and expanded it to 22 counties wow. across the uh State. And we had to get a little creative in some mm-hmm, of them and mm-hmm. some of them were parking praises where <laughs> you pulled up in your car you got the hunk for jesus and you <laughs> went to uh, <laughs> and you went to go vote or drop off your vote by mail ballot um and so it was just a really really great experience and i could say that very proud of the work we did in basically our first year all right of, so uh,
1: the summary <laughs> the summary you gave and it's just packed full of just stuff y'all did, which is amazing. And you said, what what year was the organization founded? 2019, so last year. That is insane for only a year's worth of work. Um, I want to go back to something you said that mm-hmm. was seemed very powerful to me. You said that um, you know this organization, the, what's really been profound about it is that it's not just black uh, labor helping move the work forward, but it's actually black-led. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me about the founder a little bit? Yes. So our um, founder,
0: who is not only a a mentor, but a good, good friend of mine, Jasmine Bernie Clark, Um, she is our consulting director and founder of the organization. We have been talking about uh, doing something like this for a really, really long time, but she comes with extensive background in managing campaigns, um, fundraising, building political power. She is huge on putting other black leaders Um, on and giving, uh, you know, helping with uh, giving them experience and things like that. And so um, it was just time the stars Mm -hmm. aligned. God made a way, um, (laughs) opened up doors, and we were able to, uh, she was able to start this. um, We were able to get this thing off the ground. So
1: let me me just say what, okay, so a little context for those that don't know mm -hmm. is that previously, Organizations that were um, centered around, you know, um, um, voting awareness and getting people to vote have usually been white-led. Is what you're what you're saying for the most part. And of course, don't. Of course,
0: we have our organizations like, you know, the NAACP right. and, and things like mm-hmm. that have done a great job around voter education and voter registration. Um, but when it comes to community-centered mm-hmm. organizations, yes, they have been. Um, white leaders at the table making the decisions, and that's not the so, case here.
1: And I need my my list. I hope my listeners were paying attention because what I think is the powerful thing here that we need to acknowledge is just not black led. She is a black a black, black woman. woman come through. And I will say
0: that seventy to eighty percent of our leadership staff were black women. Wow, yeah. we were extremely intentional about. Mm. Hiring black leaders, um, engaging and really empowering black leaders. So even from from myself as the managing director, all the way da, uh, to our canvassers, to our quality control coordinators, to our regionals, we are very mm-hmm. intentional about the training. And making sure that this wasn't just a paycheck for a, right. an election cycle, right? Um, but they were empowered to be able to do their job well.
1: I don't think people will understand the historical significance of organizations like this mm-hmm. um, when you think about the civil rights movement. Have um, in the you know uh, historically was. Um, the labor and the work and the grassroots efforts were done by Black women, mm-hmm. but the leadership had always been male. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is something the Black community has to wrestle with. That we, you know, we we function very systemically in a patriarchal system. You know, even within our own community, right? Um, so the power in in having an our community based organization. Mm-hmm. Not only um, the work being done by by black women and, you know, and obviously you have male staff as Mm -hmm, well, mm -hmm. but the leadership also being black female. I think that is just so powerful and so significant um, based on our historical work in the past, um, you know, when it comes to civil rights work. Oh, yes,
0: it was. It was, um, sometimes we were just in the office and we just sat there like, this is really happening. It's <laughs> powerful. This is, really, this is actually happening. Yeah. This is really powerful. And we're actually doing a lot of work. It was a lot of work. And it came with a lot of challenges. And
1: just, well, Let's talk about that for a little bit. Well, what was the experience like pre-election? Because I can only imagine, um, what's the right word? Incentive or the... Uh, there must have been, you know, just uh, in your organization, the, the commission to really want to make sure people mm-hmm. executed their right to vote. So what was the what was it like pre-election? Um, what were some of the things you guys had to do or the experience like uh, the things you guys thought about? Yes.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, coming into this, and I would say pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's just there there's a need we have. We um, have uh, wanted to make sure that we turned black voters out, that we increased voter registration. Um, and so really just excited about being able to do that work, being able to hire staff. Mm. Um, and, uh, and like I said, when we first started, we focused on the census and we focused on voter registration. Um, so building, you know, writing proposals, um, and all of those things, and then boom, a whole pandemic
1: hit. Yeah. And that
0: completely, and I know it wasn't just our organization or just this industry. It was other campaigns. Right. It was every industry. Nobody knew
1: what to do. Because so much of your work is on the floor, yes. right?
0: So you win campaigns by talking to people face-to-face, mm-hmm. by having either a, a candidate in, in a room, doing smaller house parties, by having rallies, by... um Having real conversations, real dialogue, face to face, it is the it's the field programs that legit win campaigns or um, give you the ability to be able to um, do real education. Mm. Um, and so, when the pandemic hit, we had to make a huge pivot, and nobody knew in this political space what that looked like. Um, and so, it was um, it was a challenge yeah. because we had to take a step back and say, okay, first of all. Will funding still be around? Because we got funding for, uh, you know, you get funding for a specific program, and then now we are saying we cannot do that program. What does that look like? Um, And then, you know, being at this level, you have to think about, do we have to lay staff off? Mm -hmm. Um, Can we even do this work? Can we even do this work and be effective? And so we had to make a pivot. In the beginning, as we were figuring things out, we were blessed. Blessed is... Not, I mean, I just can't express how blessed we were um, to be able to keep um, our staff on. and we, we pivot and we first started to um, help with uh, uh, Corona resources. So we were able just to make phone calls and we pivot to a whole oh, phone wow. bank program and just was like, OK, here are the resources that our elected officials are doing mm-hmm. in your communities and the counties we serve. And um, Jasmine and I had to have some real conversations and figure out, you know, what does that look like? And so we pivoted to a whole virtual program where we had to make calls and send um, text messages, and instead of going door-to-door to to help people make a plan to vote, we had to call them um, and help them make a plan to vote. So it was not just shifting our program, but also a lot of our staff, this was their first time, you know, having to work from home. So we had to help people make that transition that now you got to work from home. These are the hours. Now, you know, they might have kids who are – during at home learning, and so it was a lot, yeah. Um, and so, but we had to make those you know transitions, and so that was a part of the challenge. On how and
1: you it sounds do that. like y'all got really creative, I mean, even um, you know, s- s- kind of switching gears and, and helping people get access to corona resources, uh, mm-hmm. uh COVID resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, like some of the things you mentioned was like the, the souls to the polls work and coming by and honking your horn and dropping off your ballot. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure you guys had to get, it just sounded like I had to get really creative. It had to get real creative. <laughs> if we
0: wanted to have a program, we
1: had to get really creative
0: to the point where we had, um, we worked with another partner and had an online, uh, portal where you can go to equal grounds at vote mm-hmm. and you can uh, register to vote online. Um, You could request a vote by mail ballot. You can find information about when it became available, about early voting locations and where you go to vote at your precinct. And we just had to um, figure out how to do it. Because just because COVID happened, the election didn't stop. Right. um, And the need for this work didn't stop. And so we had to figure out what to do.
1: So um, something you said that you guys work on, too, that I just thought was fascinating. Fascinating because I didn't know guys did this that you were helping um black leaders in the state Mm -hmm. um and this is like a leadership program you're saying Mm -hmm. to help help black leaders get access to like um um campaign management positions or just be prepared to be a part of um the process in that way Mm -hmm. um and then we're talking about this black female leadership thing and so Mm -hmm. those two things are making me think about um because now we're talking post-election. Like, you're telling me all the things you did before. But it's post-election. I know some people don't think, you know, the election didn't happen. or we still waiting? But it's, no, it's done. it is it's what it is. All right. And <laughs> So <laughs> uh, knowing that we now have a black woman as a mm-hmm. VP and based on the things that you're, you know, that you shared um, that I think are just, just so powerful, um, what are your thoughts? Like, how do you feel? What are your thoughts about the fact that Kamala is our VP. And how is this, do you think, how does this impact our culture?
0: I think it's dope. If I can (laughs) just be, I
1: mean, I just, I do. I just
0: think it's dope. I mean, there's memes and I'm, I'm sure I'm sounding repetitive, but I think it's really amazing just to see that there is um, a black woman in this, uh, at this level that looks like me, that Mm -hmm. comes from, um, that, you know, what is the HBCU grad is, I mean, she would be going to to brunch just like me and my friends would be going Mm -hmm. to brunch. And so I just think that that represents so much, especially just because um, so much of the Democratic electorate is black women. And so I think that she just sets a – it just makes a statement for not only the places and the rooms that black women can be in, but now I think parties are going to need to – take a better look at how we treat um, Mm. black women when it comes to uh, our votes. Yeah. Um, And so I I just think it's amazing and I'm really excited to see the work that she is going to do. But I think it just represents so much because we've had people like, you know, Shirley Chisholm and Mm. and all of these black women that have come before that. I don't think either party was ready to handle um, a fierce black woman mm. at, at that level. And mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, uh, I don't think we're ready now, <laughs> but we're here. So it's like, <laughs> what you going to do? Um, and one of the things that she excelled in or where she got a lot of national attention was how she handled a lot of, um, you know, Senate hearings and just yeah. her composure yeah. and just being straight to, straight to the point, even when, when she was running for president um, in the debates herself, um I don't. I don't think people were expecting it, mm-hmm. but I'm here for. All I of
1: agree. It. I'm here for it too, and I. I. I have the same sentiments you have in terms of like what she just represents, and I think you know she's obviously credentialed, and I think she's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that people because of her, um, you know her elect her elected, um, um being elected as VP, like I just to me it feels like all right, maybe people can finally now take us seriously and take our voice seriously. And she doesn't come with that controversy. No, I mean, we need to clarify that too, right? Because, you know, and and I want to say this in this way. I think that I'm happy, I'm so happy that it's there and what it can do for um, as an, us as a nation and just her representing the black female voice, period. But also, you know, I know we're going to, I, I'm all about education. We all need to hold all of our politicians mm-hmm. accountable at every level. At every level, no one mm-hmm. gets a pass. Mm-hmm. And and so you know if she if you if you followed her political history, um, and you might have been uneasy about some of her decisions, hold her accountable. But I just feel like at the same time, um, I say the same thing. Check me. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you need to check me and what I do or the things that I've done, so I can learn and do better, please do that and hold me accountable. Yep. Um, but let's not lose sight of what <laughs> this means. Cause I never thought I would have lived to see a day where a black woman, this, no. I just never thought it was just never would happen.
0: Not a woman,
1: not a woman. Uh. Uh-uh. We had Barack. And then you were like, all right. So the next one is gonna white woman.
0: Definitely. Cause that's historically what's yeah. happened.
1: Right. You mm-hmm. just, there's no way a black woman would be vice president of anything. Nope.
0: So, and I just think it means, um, it means so much. And, I'm glad you brought up the the issues that people had and that's fine have them but this moment is bigger and and mm-hmm. let's hold her accountable and just make sure that they do what needs to be done for women for black americans for um really for everyone so I love to see it mm-hmm. um but I know that you know we always say November 3rd was the election November 4th is when the work actually began mm. and so we can't just be cool with Oh my VP's black, mm. uh, that's dope. And I and I'm here and I support it. And I'm gonna have all the shirts, <laughs> and I'm gonna do I'm gonna do all the things. Um, but at the end of the day, just like just like her, just like our, you know, all of our elected officials from you know school board all the way up to president, we yeah. have a lot of work, you know. To because do.
1: this is the democracy. It's our job. If they're gonna represent us, make sure they know what they're representing. Mm-hmm. So our our job doesn't stop. Um, just because we have somebody elected, like we still have to, mm-hmm. we still have work to do as a people mm-hmm. so that they understand clearly what we need and what we're asking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. And so that makes me think about this other thing. Um, maybe you can help inform cause you know, a lot of us want to be not necessarily political, but politically informed. Mm-hmm. Like we want to know what are, um, what policies or things we should be paying attention to, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's really hard for us, um, to really get into it. Like, how do you research? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> and when I think back on my child, um, you know, being a child in college, you know, um, just not even knowing where to start, like what book to you read or who tells you, you know, mm-hmm. um, how to get into the process or what what's important to think about. So can you share with our listeners who might be interested in being more aware of our politics? Um Are there any policies that, and and let's focus on black women, are there any policies that black women should currently be paying attention to specifically Mm -hmm. um, so that we can hold our our representatives accountable? Yeah, so let's start,
0: um, I would say let's start at the federal level. So, of course, we have health care, and we know that um, that is being challenged at every level. Um, And we know that now that... uh, President-elect Biden is in, will, you know, take place um, in January that, you know, wanting to save the Affordable Care Act is going to be um, a major priority for Mm -hmm. him. And so I think just making sure that that women and we have access to health care. One thing that I was talked about during the uh, Democratic debates was making sure that we give funding and resources to, to hospitals and staff to make sure that we lower the um, black uh, um, death rate when black women are given uh, mm-hmm. birth. Mm-hmm. And so we know how high that is. We know that there's issues. We know that black women are not taken seriously in the hospital rooms because, you know, we're, we're just strong and they don't take our pain seriously. Mm-hmm. And that is something that Kamala talked about during the trail. Actually, a lot of uh, candidates talked about And so I think that that's something – major that we need to make sure that we are um holding them accountable and 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 funding and actual um, money goes into that.
1: Okay, so for my listeners, if you remember this episode started on the first three episodes we talked about um my experience with um having PCOS and I wanted you to make sure you understood um how to advocate for yourself mm-hmm. um through the medical system and we have my Kristen sis, my sister Kristen here telling us that we need to also be um, um, uh, keeping an eye out on our healthcare policies that are coming down the pipeline. So this is full circle, y'all. If y'all are listening, please take note of that. Mm-hmm. Learn to be an advocate for yourself <laughs> because if you don't, you know, I don't want to say that you could die, but literally you could die. Lives Advo- are at stake. Lives yeah. are at stake. Mm-hmm. So advocate for yourself, and let's be politi- politically aware of the policies coming out of the pipeline. What else do you have for us, Kristen? Um, I would
0: say there is a policy about um, ending violence against women.
1: Mm-hmm. So that
0: is uh, huge, making sure that you know you expand the safety net for survivors, empowering protecting young people. Mm-hmm. Um, confronting online harassment is a really huge thing. Um, and so that is coming in the pipeline. Of course, income mm-hmm, gap mm-hmm. is huge. We already know that um, Black women and uh, what is it, sixty three percent Black women are paid just sixty three percent to every dollar mm-hmm. of uh, of white um, of uh, white men. And so we know that that is something that we need to um, really pay attention to, and um, we have a lot of work to do there. Yes, um, I didn't. It's crazy that you hear these things and then you think, okay, that's not real. And so I actually had a a position, came in with another man, um, same level. Actually, I had higher credentials because I had a master's degree. Mm. And I literally made $4,000 less than what he made annually. And I just thought that that was crazy. Um, We're doing the same job. Came in at the same level. I have more credentials in your career. We could have a whole
1: episode on economics because there's this other element of just black people, not mm-hmm. just women, black people not knowing that they're poor. Mm-hmm. There's that whole thing like the poverty line. Like um, if you don't make a certain amount, you're technically poor. Now, and we're not talking because our image of poor is, you know, oh, I'm homeless on the street. No, you could be paycheck to paycheck poor. So if you have a false conception of I'm middle class when you're not, you would never think to say, well, how much am I actually making in comparison to my counterparts? We also have a society here that we do not talk about money. Mm -hmm. That's an American thing. It's hyper sensitive in the Caribbean too. You don't talk about money in the household. You don't talk about it. Nobody. So if you don't talk about money, you'll never know that Joe Schmo in the same position is making a certain amount and you're you should be making the same amount cuz we don't talk about money there's like this right. whole thing that we have to understand how much economics and socioeconomics really makes up our, our identity when we talk about intersectionality mm-hmm. you are a black woman and also what are you socioeconomically and that's going to empower you to be able to actually be able to know mm-hmm. to ask for more and you know
0: to your point so uh, yes we need to hold our elected officials accountable one thing that I did um, partnered with some other Black women um, was a salary negotiation workshop. Okay. Black women do not ask for more money. We don't. Actually, we get a salary and we said we can pay our rent, and that's it. We don't advocate for more money. We don't advocate Listen, for. Listen, you be so happy, you be
1: so happy for the breadcrumbs, mm-hmm. and you don't realize there's a whole buffet. Mm-hmm. That's the part that I'm like, that I shook me. Like, there's, there's like a whole three course meal. Yep. Cause you just, you're grateful for anything, you know? Yep. And so we need to be to your point of advocacy. We need
0: to be better advocates mm-hmm. in all areas of our lives. And one of them is making sure that we are confident in our work. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we come in early, leave later, you know, manage projects, mm-hmm. be able to juggle all of these things and don't ask for either more money, um, more paid time off, being able to work from home, the flexibility to do whatever, um, and so we just need to be advocates in that area too, and that's something that as a as a black woman, even I'm learning. Cause same, same. So I just got there. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: so, <laughs> so actually, sisters, don't feel like you're alone. We're all dealing with it. We all have imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. That's a, we all, that's a whole other. That's a whole other episode, girl. You know, it didn't
0: take for me to work for a black woman, honestly, to feel like oh, I'm actually <laughs> getting paid pretty decently. Thank you. Like it's a lot. Um. But, yeah, so I would say those are some of the top things to look for. I would say here in the state of Florida, we have uh, a lot of work to do. Mm. So one of the um, – Y'all don't uh, laugh at Florida, okay, but we do have some work to do. We have a lot of work to do. So I'm going to put my partisan hat on. Um, We lost a lot in the state of Florida on Election Day. We lost – Additional seats in the in the in the mm-hmm. house. I think it was three, and then we lost a, a seat in the Senate. So Republicans are dominating the House, the Senate, and of course this they have um, the governors. And recently, um, if we look at the the response to the pandemic, we think about unemployment. Um, Governor DeSantis uh, put out a policy. Um, this fall, Combating Violence, Disorder, and Looting and Law Enforcement Protection yes. Act. So I'm not sure if anyone um, was able to <clears throat> read it, but basically it, um, let me see if I can just give you a couple highlights. Um, I mean, <laughs> it is if so bad. that's the word you want to use. Right. I it, mean, it's, it's so bad. I know that they're expanding no bond and bail until your first appearance, um, prohibits uh, state grants. Um or aid to any local government that slashes budget for law enforcement, uh, striking law enforce uh, striking a law enforcement officer during a violent or disorderly assembly equals six months mandatory minimal jail sentence. I mean, I mean they're extending these sentences for. Um, it's just it's it's
1: it's a war on protesters. I feel like it's it's strategic. It's a strategic policy, like you said, a war on protesters, I think it's an answer to people asking for defunding. Mm-hmm. Like that, well, if that's what you're asking for, this is, as a state of Florida, this is our response to that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's an ability to to really, um, to, uh, what's the word? Um, allow, allow, you know, vigilantism against protesters. I mean, that's what this is. But
0: wait, there's more. So then he recently, um put out that he wanted to expand Stand Your Ground. Yes. So we all know Stand Your Ground was the what um, um, acquitted George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman during the Trayvon Martin trial. So um, it's a anti-mob legislation, and so it would expand the Stand Your Ground law and um, would allow uh, armed citizens to shoot a suspected looter or anyone engaged in criminal um, activity that disrupts the business. So it's, that's basically giving, yes. uh, to your point, random, random people, um, the ability authority. to authority. Yes. Um, it's crazy. And so when I say we lost the state of Florida, these are the type of things that we're going to see legislative session. So legislative session starts March, um, March of 2000, uh, 2021. And these are the things that are going, going to be discussed among, you yeah. know, things like redistricting, um, Things like unemployment, which we know was a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is just so much at stake at a you know, local, uh, state, and federal level that we just need to pay attention to. But Florida hit a, a huge loss because when you think of these are the type of legislations that deeply impact yes. the black and brown communities, and then we don't have the representation with our elected officials in Tallahassee, what do you think is going to get passed? Right. I'm actually scared. And
1: historically, this is something that we've struggled with. Like, mm-hmm. um, being, uh, you know, if, if we showed up to vote for pres- presidential candidates, we just, for whatever reason on the rest of the ballot, just did not.
0: So down the ballot,
1: it didn't happen this year.
0: People either went in specifically for the president uh, presidential election, and then it's like they just... They completely. I mean, how much died. of
1: this really is, again, political ignorance, like people probably didn't even know. I, I, and I think a part of it really is like people like there's more to this. There's a back, you know, um, and as much as, as your organization and other organizations try to give sample ballots ahead of time. And mm-hmm. I know you're a bipartisan organization, so you just share the policies ahead of time to get mm-hmm. people. It's still um, is not <laughs> infiltrating the whole entire state in a way for people to be able to be prepared mm-hmm. when they are at you know about to vote, to also think about their representatives because that's where the work, that's where the change happens. Directly
0: impact impacting your everyday <laughs> lives is what um, is what I say happens here. Um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done during off election cycles, and I'm so blessed mm. to be able to be a part of this journey of equal ground to To be able to make that a focus yeah. of 2021, yeah. um, where we can educate not just on just the election process, so we so there's two there's two tiers of importance here. You have folks just understanding what uh, what politicians do. Um, when I used to work for a state representative, you would have people call the office and they wanted to talk about trash. And it's like, well, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't pertain to this office. Let me get you over yeah. to the right office. So just understanding what is what's the role of your city commissioner compared to your state representatives, right. compared to your um, you know, uh your mayor, your, your governor, your, yeah, like your yeah. all of these different roles. It's really education. What? It's a lot of education. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a lot of education to do about just how to to vote and what does that look like. Yeah. So we know that Due to the pandemic, vote-by-mail was a huge thing this year, but there was so much mis- um, I- uh, misinformation out there about vote-by-mail. Is it safe? Historically, mm-hmm. black and brown voters do not trust <laughs> vote-by-mail ballots for a number of reasons. It's also... Um, Black and brown uh, voters are high uh um they have a higher rejection rate as well. So that means that they either completed their ballot, sent mailed it back in, didn't sign it, or their signature oh, doesn't match. Okay. So your signature on your ballot has to match the signature that the yes. state has on file for you. So we had to again get creative in this world and really just do a lot of education when it came down to um just Hey, sign the back of your ballot when you mail it in. Track Mm -hmm. it. Mail it 14 Mm -hmm. days before you're actually supposed to mail it so it gets there on time. It has to be there, you know, on election day by 7 p.m. to count. So there's a lot of education when it has to do just how do you vote, what's the safest way to vote, you know, um, and things like that. So we have so much work to do. It's a a little overwhelming, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it's exciting at at the same time. Um, But I think we really need to focus on – you know, during election season, you're getting so much information from all of these elected, all of these campaigns. You're getting calls. You're getting text messages. Some people are knocking on your doors.
1: Yeah. You don't, you know, yeah.
0: you're just like, this is a lot. Yeah. But when, when there's you no, be
1: like, I know who I'm going to vote for for the president. I don't need it. Yeah. yeah, Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then to top it off, there were amendments on, yeah. on the ballot. Yeah. Thankfully, one thing for the did get right, um, <laughs> was passing the minimum wage amendment, which. Over um, the next, what is it, six years, um, the minimum wage will be raised to $15. You know, and
1: that's, I think everybody knew, like, if you looked, like, if you were shocked to see it and you just scanned it real quick, you saw the word minimum wage and you was like, oh, you know. <laughs> and I also think it's a bipartisan issue. Like, I think on both sides uh, in Florida, genuinely, people have an interest in that topic. They do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: they do. So And so that was, that was, that was a win. That was a win yeah. for Florida.
1: Oh. So the work is not over for y'all. Y'all have Mm-mm. a lot more education to do. And what I love what you're kind of sharing with us is your work isn't done. It's not just about election education. You're mm-hmm. going to spend the next couple of years engaging with the community to just get them politically aware. And for I think that's a lesson for those are, that are not doing what you're doing. That are just uh, pat, not passively. Those are just the receiving end. Mm-hmm. Our work isn't done either just because we're voted and we have these two people elected. We still have work to do as mm-hmm. well. Um, so, um, in our follow question, I guess my, my question for you is what do you think, um, what would you give as like a call to action to our listeners? Like what's the one thing you would, um, recommend that they just start doing, mm-hmm. um, um, in response to listening to, to, you know, the things that they might've learned in this episode?
0: Yeah. Um, I would say it doesn't have to be so overwhelming. Like you sure. don't have to work in this political space to feel that you, know or you're engaged. Mm-hmm. Um so there's a there's a few things that you can get involved with. I would say your city council county meetings, usually they have them online or you can um either watch online. I know due to COVID you were able to do that. Um or you can get the meeting notes and things like mm-hmm. that um mm-hmm. online. So just once a month, just browse through yeah. it. See see what was passed, see what they're doing in the budget. Um, um, you can sign up for newsletters for your elected officials. So your county um, commissioners have newsletters. Your state representatives have newsletters. Like, go find out who your elected officials are. Yeah. You can look that up at the Supervisor of Elections Office. Um, you can find out who your state representatives are. You can find out who your state senators are. You can find out who they are so that, number one, you can go hold them accountable and you can just be in the note of what's happening in your districts.
1: And that's such low, and like that's just it's real so easy, easy. Yeah. once a month just once a month well, don't
0: don't do too much yes it's don't so you don't feel like it's overwhelming. Get the newsletters, get the things yes. that comes to your email. One thing that you can do um is a really cool feature, um, and I don't know if there's a way that I can send this out to your yeah. listeners, but during legislative legislative session, um bills that are found filed, you can follow them or track them online. So mm-hmm. say, say you're interested in this Stand Your Ground expansion bill that, that is going to come up in this session. You can, um, you can uh, track it, which means every time it gets moved in different committees or there's a vote on it and things like that, you'll get an alert to your email. So it's not like you have to sit, because you can watch the sessions, you can watch the debates, you can watch all of that online if you're just really mm-hmm. interested or you could just get alerts. Yeah. Seeing the highlights. Um,
1: That's a good idea. And mm-hmm. so you'll send, you'll, you can send that to me and I'll make sure it's mm-hmm. on our Instagram and on our website for you guys to have access to that. Yep.
0: And then the other thing I would say is I sometimes um, get overwhelmed and I feel like i I got to solve all of the world's mm. problems. And that's not the case. Why is
1: that a black woman thing? <laughs> that is a black woman thing. We st- And then we start on, like, problem-solving one thing, and we're like, this whole thing is terrible. We want to clean up the whole there's house. There's so much more to be done, <laughs> and
0: I have to do it because it's on my shoulders. <laughs> and that's so not the case. I would definitely say you don't have to be an expert in all of these different areas. There mm. is so much work to be done. So if your thing is environmental justice, mm-hmm. then – um you know get involved with the Sierra Club get involved in local environmental groups and 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 be involved in that so you can stay in on the know of what's happening locally if your thing is you know um education go yeah. to the school board meetings um you know just be involved in these specific uh that is things that are, are are if if it's you know a passion of yours then you can just be involved and be being, you know just get the updates on what's happening in that particular area that is that interests you. Um one thing that I think is really cool just with my group of just friends in my political circles is that I don't feel like I have to be everywhere. We have a group meeting. Mm-hmm. One person goes to the meetings and just reports back. And so if you have a I tribe like that, that, do that cuz Life happens. We yeah. can't all go to the county commissioner meetings, but we send one. Hey, you report back. What's happening? What do we need to know? Tell tell us what the next move is. What we we need to sign a letter? We need to call? What we need to do? And so um, think, that kind of helps.
1: I think that's such good advice. And I know there's somebody listening that's like, I don't even know what I like, you know. And I understand that. I understand from that perspective too. So you might need to take a step too, and just sit with yourself one one day for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And reflect on you as a person and what you think is important to you. Some of us know what's important to us because we have personal connections to things. Mm-hmm. But you might not really know, you know, what it is that, you know, you are um, passionate about following up on or looking into. And so, and it might be something as, as grime, not grimy is not the right word, but like as simple as, man i don't get paid enough and if that's if that's what comes mm-hmm. out of your mouth in your reflection there's there's a whole space for whole space. income um a wage that we that you could um start researching on or maybe it's like my rent's too damn high you know all right well you know we could talk about housing yeah. i mean that's an important yeah. local topic so for some people that are coming to this from different stages in life and you might be just i don't know what i'm even into mm-hmm. You, you do need that quiet time to get to know you as a person and reflect on what are, what are the things in my life that are most um, concerning and mm-hmm. then kind of drill down from there and then do the research on that. So yep. I just want to give that. I think that's such a great tip because um, what you're saying, Kristen, is like, you know, it's so overwhelming. You want to solve everything. Well, well, we're all doing this together. What do you want to mm-hmm. focus on in the work? Yep. Love it. Yep.
0: And then my last thing I would just say is just getting news alerts about mm-hmm. what's happening, so, like, any of your local news or whatever you subscribe to, whether it's CNN, Fox, whatever your thing is, you can get alerts for, like, political news mm-hmm. so you know what's happening. So it's just, it's not, you have to sit around and watch CNN
1: for hours to be yeah. able to know, but. And you're not going to like it at first, people. You're going to see the alert, and you're like, what the hell is it? I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know why I keep dropping Ds and H words, But. <laughs> but. <laughs> Inside joke, Uh, but you might look at your phone like, "What the heck is this?" I don't care. Do not. It's just like working out. I, you know, I have a weight problem, so I answer that. When I get to the gym, I don't feel like being there. I'd be complaining in the parking lot. But you know what makes the difference? I get in there and I start working out. It's the same thing with education. Your brain is a muscle. The first time you see the alert, you're going to open it and you're going to be like, this is Chinese. I don't know what these people are mm-hmm. talking about. You're going to try and disassociate all these white people saying stuff that don't got nothing to do with me. I got to go to work. Don't let that um, immediate frustration detour mm-hmm. you from... Just try and read it. Just, try, just take a step and try. Even if you don't know what they're talking about, but you read the whole article. And guess what? Just like working out, it gets better it after does. a while. But you have to start somewhere. And if you don't know um, Kristen talks about she has a tribe. Find a tribe. Have somebody ask you stuff uh, that you can ask questions to, you know, if Google is too confusing, you know. And you can – so
0: it is it is our duty to be involved because it things that are happening, whether it's at these council meetings in Tallahassee, um, in Congress, they affect our everyday lives. Yeah. Like we – we are impacted by what is happening, by yes. the people that we get elected, whether you want to think about it or not. We're dealing with stuff now yes. based on decisions that were made yes. years before
1: us. The yes. way
0: the way the roads are, yes. if you have street lights, if your kid has certain food um, at school, mm-hmm. um, r- down to how much you make at work, is mm-hmm. all determined on um, what happens with our elected officials. So it is your right to be able to be engaged and be um, involved. It is also, um, knowing who your elected officials are, you can go speak to them. We mm-hmm. we are their bosses. I mean, and it's a weird way to think about it, but they have to answer to their constituents. We put you in office. Um, oftentimes, we don't show up, so they don't feel like they yeah, owe us anything. That's true. Um, but if if we want certain things done, we, we need to show up and we need to show up in numbers. Um, but if you or if you're confused about something, you can go and talk to your elected official and say, Hey, why did you vote yes on this or why did you vote no on this or let's let's have a conversation. You can set up meetings with your city council, with your state representative and your state senators. Um and, and and talk to them about
1: it. One thing I and I, I know I gave a shout out to John Q earlier, uh one thing I will say about this man, he will send our mayor an email in a second. Mm-hmm. And he like, y'all, y'all finna hear me. I know it's gonna get stuck in an inbox somewhere, but y'all finna hear me today. And it's that kind of pressure, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they need to hear from us. Um and so maybe it's something as simple as that. But you and but you don't know what to ask for if you don't know, right? So um, to your point, they need to hear from us. Needs to be involved You have in to, be involved. to do it. Yep. 100% agree. Kristen, thank you for being this with was This was right. so great. Like, you just dropped some knowledge on the people. I just really appreciate you um, just being in this space. Cause, um, um, and we should have more conversations like this, if you don't mind coming back. It's just so much. Yeah. I didn't know... So like I can could, I could sit on so many topics for so long. we got to bring you yeah. back because I think, um, um, you know, this podcast is about health, wellness, and lifestyle. So it's like obviously our policies will affect all of those things, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so I think this is an important cog in the, in the wheel. So mm-hmm. um, I'd love to have you back again. Um, how can people um, learn about your organization, Equal Ground? Mm-hmm. So
0: Equal, you can find us online on our website, equal-ground.com. Um, you can follow us on Facebook. People follow people on Facebook. You can fr- uh, like us on Facebook <laughs> um, at Equal Ground Education. Um, and then on Instagram, it's equal.ground on Instagram.
1: Okay, and this is not the only thing you do, though. And this is actually how we, we don't know each other through this. We mm-hmm. know each other through um, something else that you do. Do you want to share what, what that
0: is? Sure. So, in addition, Um, I also run an organization called the Black History Project. So we are a nonprofit organization. We started back in 2015, and our main goal is just to engage and empower black youth around um, our history. We know that black history is not taught in in schools, and there is just um, a lack and there is such a need for our students to have an understanding of um, who they are, where they come from, uh, why we do the things, why are we even protesting, what is the history behind protesting. And Mm. so... um, We have a group of amazing community leaders that participate just to help um, uh, provide this information to our students. And so, of course, just like all organizations in the world of a pandemic, we are pivoting and figuring out how do Mm -hmm. we, um, because we used to meet our students in person and and have activities and um, events and things like that. But obviously, we were unable to do that. This year, um, and so we're looking at what does a virtual program look like for 2021. So I'm really excited about just the expansion and just the creativity we're able to do with I'm that. I'm excited too.
1: Instagram for uh, BHP is what?
0: Yes, it's just Black History Project. Okay, mm-hmm. great.
1: So make sure y'all um, follow them on Instagram, and um, I just appreciate you guys per usual. Thank you for always listening and tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at B, the letter B woman the letter B well um, and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast we are we are available on, on all major uh, podcasting platforms so make sure you subscribe um, for any more information about us you can go to blackwomanbewell.com um, and we just love you guys thank you for listening and I can't wait to um, come back again and give you guys more information thanks again Kristen for joining us thank thanks again to me. the uh, the Average Joe aka Taroi for his mobile studio and thanks again to John Q for his space. Um, and just thank you to my tribe. All right, guys, we'll see you later.